Each week, I'll be bringing you stories of people living lives of fruitful service, of peace, community, compassion, creative action, and progressive efforts. I'll be tracing the spiritual roots that support and nourish them in their service, hoping to inspire and encourage you to sink deep roots and produce sacred fruit in your own life. Let us sing song for the dreaming of the world that we may Occasionally for Spirit in Action, we invite in someone whose way of transforming the world is through music, like today's guest, Anne Hills. There's something about Anne's songs that circumvent all the heavy argument and analysis and take the listener right to the heart of the matter without the strident lyrics or pontificating. That's as music should be, leading us to understand one another and feel motivated to make this world better for everyone. I love her music and the thought behind it, and I am delighted to reach over to Pennsylvania by phone to catch up with Ann Hills. Ann, it's wonderful to have you back, this time for Spirit in Action. Yes, we need to be active, that's for sure. We have a lot to be active about and to work toward. With the election so recent in your memory and in your heart, how are you doing? I'm struggling with how to move forward, the best way to move forward, compassion, empathy certainly have to be there. I do understand because I've been traveling in the Midwest, in Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, I understood what was going on with rural poverty in our country and that there was this possibility. So it was not that I didn't see this. There was this possibility. I knew that it would be closed. And so I'm disheartened uh, that our democratic process has been sort of hijacked by money and by TV popularity and racist and sexist bigoted messages. But I also know that even some of the people who voted for President-elect Trump, that their reasons were reasons of frustration, inability to feed their children, their inability to see a future for themselves. So until we can find compassion for that position, it's hard to know the direction forward. So right now that's sort of what I'm studying within my heart and looking because oftentimes in what appears to be destruction is the phoenix that rises from the fire. So that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) My understanding is that you do social work in addition to doing your social work through folk music. How is that feeling to you these days? Well, I work in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I do work with some people who are have health insurance through work, but I also work with an awful lot of people who either get welfare or can barely pay their rent and need the food stamps and support. So that's the other fear with the election because there seems to be a movement towards saying let's let private industry manage this help, the safety net. So I'm quite concerned and many of them are very frightened. We have a lot of 
brown and black-skinned people that I work with. So they're worried. And people who are new immigrants who are here legally but are afraid of the violence. So it's a challenge to keep moving forward and keeping them positive and letting them know that the supports are there within the community, and they are within the Allentown community. We have some wonderful churches that are very supportive of people and organizations that are supportive of people. So that's my daytime job. You could say I work about 25 to 30 hours a week doing that, and then I go on the road and I sing to people. So (laughs) that's how it fits in. And actually, I'm wondering if you could share a song about that. I think one of the most important things to do, you you remember a book from years ago, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and It's All Mm -hmm. Small Stuff. Mm -hmm. That kind of perspective, even though to some people it'll be a cop-out because it won't motivate you to get all up in arms or to cry or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really an important perspective because it's a bigger part of reality that, uh, you know, people lose track of. Right. And of course, the people that I'm dealing with on a daily basis have to, they still have to function. They still have to feed their kids and walk them to school and share the positive things that are happening in their life and their history. When you're working with a therapist, you're also talking about your family history and working through issues or questions that you have about that. And so history itself gives us a perspective of these things. And I think Perhaps you might be thinking of the moon song, which is sort of looking at us as an ongoing project, which our species is. We are getting better, but we have to look at the long perspective. Here it is, Anne Hills, her wonderful, wonderful song, The Moon Song. I've been looking down on you for years. Scurrying around, acting like you're so important Do you think the moon just disappears? That the stars switch off and on And that you're the only constant Galaxies are born, planets come and go Nothing in this universe stays the same, you know So the dice were tossed and here you are Circling around in an elliptical inclusion With these other spheres you share a star For five billion years or so Give or take a little fusion Galaxies are born, planets come and go But nothing in this universe Stays the same, you know And in spite of this, you fuss and fight Squabble over God, waste your little time Ignore us, I was hoping that you'd get it right I liked you better than the rest Although I loved the brontosaurus Galaxies are born Planets come and go But you still have a little while To work it out, you know So tonight When you lay down to rest If you toss or if you turn Come outside at my insistence Feeling disappointed 
or depressed Look above you at the sky And be amazed at your existence Cause galaxies are born Planets come and go But nothing in this universe Stays the same, you know Yes, constellations change And comets lose their glow But you still have a little while to work it out, you know. The Moon Song by Anne Hills, who is our guest today for Spirit in Action. And that's not exactly the spiritual statement that I get from Buddhism or, you know, our attachment to suffering can be its own damage, right? We can, mm-hmm. we can incapacitate ourselves and realizing that the moon's out there and has a different perspective, I think is helpful because mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is reality also, as well as nature the- is reality. You walk outside or, or people who have pets, I've noticed, or children, you know, that it pulls them out of that place of despair and negativity. You know, that the, a child sees the world totally uh, is this magical place, a good percentage of their early life. So I think that, yeah, I think that that's what drew me to this music, is that we can shift our own perspective by listening to the stories of others. And oftentimes when the story of someone else is told through song, it is more powerful. It's sort of condensed in a way when the songwriter hears the story and puts it down or when the person, the songwriter themselves, writes their story in a song, it allows us to step into a different point of view, as I like to say, a point of view song, and it shifts our perspective and and that works in all different directions for inspiration, for insight, to bring self-awareness, to move forward with a bigger perspective and a bigger heart. I always think, you know, you got to stretch the heart further, you know. And, and that's what this music does. Can you say something specific about the kind of work that you do, your social work, which is not when you're playing your guitar, the social work when you're going out and getting paid your 30 hours a week, what are you actually doing to make the world better then? How do you actually relate to people and what do you give them that makes that change happen? Well, the primary thing that I do, you know, as far as the therapy, which is what I'm mostly doing, though I do some connecting of people to resources to help them get what it is that they need, whether it's affordable housing, food stamps. I mean, I try to, uh, legal help, I try to connect them. And I work with a wide population. I work with people who have cerebral palsy. I work with people who, as I said, have regular insurance and regular jobs and or teenagers that are having difficulty with their parents or parents that are having difficulty with their teenagers or single moms. The first thing that I do within the therapeutic situation is to make a space that's safe where there's confidentiality, where the person is allowed to say anything they need to say within a space that they're safe. So that's step one, for them to know that they're accepted however, you know. I mean, and I've worked with people who were part of the Aryan movement, and I have to work very hard to set aside my ego and I guess allow the spirit, the compassion to come into the room so that the broken part can be seen, so that we both can experience 
what the broken parts are in each of us, and I have to reflect in some ways without affecting the boundaries that we are all broken and we are all healing and we do that through helping each other. So primarily it's me getting to know them, feeling safe, and then self-awareness is the first step toward healing, Hmm. self-awareness. And the only way you can have the self-awareness is the quiet time with yourself, but also the mirror reflecting back to you. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's partly what I am. I, I, I've often thought that in some ways it's like in the Catholic Church, it's having an informed witness to the process. I find out what's gone on in your past or what you're ashamed of or as a therapist or what you're proud of or where you want to go. And so I'm informed in the sense that I've come to know you and then I witness your process with you and reflect back what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. And do you perform the same thing when you're doing your songs up in front of a group? Are you doing that same witness and reflecting? Is that... I think that goes on more within me when it's in a, a performance. I'm watching myself. I'm, I mean, I'm doing that in therapy, too, to be very cautious that it's about the person and not about me, whereas in the performance, it is about me to a certain extent. But the minute I start moving toward, oh, wow, my voice sounds great tonight, or, oh, I got a nice response in that, the minute I start moving toward the ego, inevitably there is this gift of a mistake. There's this gift of going, come on, you know, come back. This isn't about you. This is about all of us. And I'm not sure why that is, but I'm grateful for that. But it's a different process. I would say that though there is that still that loop of grace that runs through either the client and the therapist or the audience and the performer, there is that loop. When I'm on stage, it's a little more difficult because of all of the people in front of me to not become more self-conscious, and then I can easily put up the resistance with having too much self-awareness. So it's complicated. It's not easy to talk about, but it does have to do with the spirit moving through, being a vessel more than directing too much. I've heard it said that virtually all politicians have to have a significant strain of narcissism. And some folks clearly carry that to excess. But narcissism, you know, looking brightly on yourself, I was amazed when I charted out the kind of words that Bernie Sanders used. He very seldom said, I. He was referring Mm -hmm. to we and to collective identity. And mm-hmm. obviously, there's other politicians very different. Now, as a therapist, as when you're working with people, doing social work with folks, clearly, you want to hear them. And that's what you just described. You need to set aside your own ego. How does that compare to something like hard love, you know, where, you know, you have to very clearly keep your boundaries, the other person's needy, and you could give endlessly to them and never satisfy their need? I mean, well, I, the, yes, the codependency situation that, that gets set up. I believe that the concept of cognitive dissonance is integral to the self-awareness. When you're making a decision that goes against how you see yourself, your self-value, you'll experience cognitive dissonance. If I say, I'm just telling this lie to protect other people, so I'm lying to myself, it's as if I've set up... I've set up an opposition or a barrier between myself and the spirit. And when there is a barrier between myself 
and the spirit, however you view the spirit, love, God, the soul, the universal soul. When you set up that barrier by doing a lie, by lying to yourself, you can't connect to the spirit and you experience what Freud would say is cognitive dissonance. You're going against your values in your behavior. And in order to not feel that pain, it's like a pain when you're cut off that way. And so people do various things, various addictive behaviors, whether it's shopping, drinking, drugging, sex. um, Working. Working, whatever it is, we do something that will distract us from that pain. And so there was a period in, in my life where I was trying to manage my emotional swings, which I see a lot in the 20-year-olds that I work with, and I was very much that way myself. And I wasn't drinking a lot, but I was drinking inappropriately. And so I had friends that were going to meetings, 12-step meetings. And for a period of two years, I went to a lot of different 12-step meetings, including there was an an Emotions Anonymous, there was an Overeaters Anonymous, there was the regular Alcoholics Anonymous. And though I had less trouble than some other people might have with the use of God in it because I had grown up in the church, I could see through to the therapeutic things that the 12 steps were teaching me. And I think that it was a type of group therapy that lifted me to a healthier place, to more of an understanding of how to not experience that cognitive dissonance and to actually be in alignment with the soul more of the time. So that experience has always stayed with me. And probably in the early 90s, something 1990s, I woke up and the words to this next song just flowed out as if I had just been sitting in front of someone. At that point, I didn't have a, I was probably doing some internship. I was working towards my master's. So the only way that I can say that the song came to me must have been through sort of a conglomeration of many of the stories that I heard in Al-Anon and AA. It's New Companion. It's from Bittersweet Street by Ann Hills. Puts you to sleep 
builds you up just to tear you down and you're in Step away from disaster, but you can turn it around to the truth. It's something that I can't do for you. You know that I would if I could. 'Cause deep down you know I still love you, but that hasn't done any good. 'Cause your new companion runs from the light. Won't be revealed, not without a fight. Your new companion rips us apart, then it builds you up just to tear you down and breaks both our. Bags packed. I just can't stay. I've already watched you throw so much away. You may not know it yet. The battle's just begun. My father fought it years ago. My mother never won. All lost to your new companion.、Mm -hmm. Your new companion. Ah, there's coffee out here in the kitchen. There's coffee out here in the kitchen. Anne Hills is sharing with us today for Spirit in Action. That's her song, "New Companion." Addictions, ways that we deflect. It's how do we get a healthy life on this planet, and particularly this in the near aftermath of the election. There's some people I'm sure going to be medicating in a variety of ways, and maybe a better way would be to listen to Anne Hills' music. That's why we have her here today for Spirit in Action, which is, of course, a Northern Spirit Radio production. On the web, you find us at northernspiritradio.org. That's like org, organic, and、yeah. on that. <laughs> And on that site, we have more than eleven years of our programs, free listening and download. We've had Anne here before for Song of the Soul. You can find that interview on NorthernSpiritRadio.org. There's a place to post comments. That's how we get this communication to be two-way. So please post a comment when you visit. 
also on this site, you'll find bonus excerpts. We'll have some there from this interview with Ann Hills because there's so much that's just not going to fit in 55 minutes. So come to the site and find those. There's also a donate button. That's how this 100% full-time work is supported. It's not by government and it's not by corporations. It's because you, the listener, want it to continue. So your support is crucial to us. I would say first though, support your local community radio stations. They're so crucial to have this alternative, locally based source of music and of news. That's how our communities stay vital is when we have our voice as a community. So support first your local community radio station. Ann yeah. Hills is here again. And one of the things that lifts my spirit, Ann, is that week to week, I talk to the people doing the good work for Spirit in Action, Song of the Soul. Everybody, every time someone shares a story through Song of the Soul, through those songs, it's so powerfully affecting for me. I feel this rich community that I'm part of. And I reach over the wires to connect with you. Sometimes I get to see people in person, but it's rare <laughs> enough. I'm yeah. I'm just up here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and you weren't so far away just recently. You were in southern Wisconsin, right? Yes, I was. I was traveling through all over. Uh, I was in, um, oh, my brain. I have to go back and look at my calendar if I want to do that. I travel right. so much, it's it's hard to remember. But I was in Madison, and I was over closer to Milwaukee and over in Madison most recently. And then I went down to Iowa City, and I was also in Dixon, Illinois recently. Get around, and get what, around, you get around. So what happens with social work? Does it fall apart in Arlington or wherever while you're gone? No, I'm involved in a, a very active agency that's been around. It started out as a foster care and adoption agency, but then expanded as my agency joined theirs, Family Answers. And so it's busy no matter what. We have all different kind of services, whether it's homemaker health aides, whether it's kids who are having difficulty with school, so tutoring with, yes, foster care and adoption is a big part of the agency, support of women and families, single moms and families, so just a wide variety. So it's going all the time. When I'm gone, I'll just go away for a week here or there. And, and sometimes that's good for me to get away. But it's been hard, I think, as we get into winter and some people are struggling with places to live and food. So it gets a little harder. You mentioned that you deal with a lot of people who are black and brown and mm -hmm. they're considered minorities in our country. And it's hard to have a positive attitude on that, uh, specifically with the recent election. It feels like, and actually I've seen news reports that say violence, uh, essentially prejudice and bias and actual violence has increased towards minorities since the election. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to forget that, you know, just a generation or two or three ago, we were all immigrants, except for the native peoples here, and for them, it goes mm -hmm. back 10,000 years. But, mm -hmm. but everybody is an immigrant to the planet, of course. How do you deal with that? Well, and one of the things that you'll see when you move into an area of poverty in our country, other than, you know, the rural areas, that's why I'm saying I think that one of the things that we've seen is this, you know, isolation and in the rural areas, whereas when you move into small towns, small cities, and larger towns where you have social service agencies, you see that the poverty exists across the line. Poverty, it doesn't have a color, though there are 
certainly more impediments to the moving forward of people of color that still exists. But so there's a lot more interracial community family members and community members. And so I actually, you don't see the racism and bigotry as much actually in some of the impoverished areas in the city. And what you see is that we're all in this together. I guess that's what I see over and over again. That's why I don't understand the short, the idea that if we aren't our brother's keeper, then who will be our keeper? If we don't care for other people, then who will care for us? It's all about a matter of caring for each other. And we are all a community on this planet. So this song that I wrote, I Am You, was actually inspired. I was listening to, you had mentioned a little earlier, community radio, and I was in the San Francisco area and listened to a radio show. And there was a gay man being interviewed by, I believe, an, an Asian-American And one of the things that kept happening was the man that was being interviewed would keep saying, yeah, I am that too. I am that too. And that sort of repetition of, oh, yes, that's me too. It got me thinking about the history of this country that you can't say that you're an American and not include our history with it. We are all of these things. We are at Standing Rock with the Native Americans. If you're an American, we're part of that history. And we are the Syrians that are coming into Allentown, the refugees that are coming into Allentown. We have a large population of Syrian refugees. If you are an American, you are part of all this. And denying that you're a part of it, we can't move forward. So seeing yourself reflected in others is also, again, a different way of changing your perspective. And you put that into words so beautifully with the song, I Am You, co-written with Michael Smith. It's from your Points of View album. Here's Ann Hills. When the war in my country set my boat off this way The horizon stretched forward to a brand new day People stood on the shore, watched my sails blowing in They became one of me, I became one of them I am you Okay. 
Hills, co-written with Michael Smith. A beautiful, powerful, fun song. It's got a little bit of uh, disco or something in it. I don't know. <laughs> well, Michael, it, Michael didn't do any of the words. I did all the words. And sometimes when I'm collaborating with people like Michael or Jay Ansel, who worked on my latest record and has worked with me since Angle of the Light, I'll just say these are the lyrics, or and they'll start giving me a melody, and from there we go. So it was very influenced by Michael by Michael's rhythms and his more rocky sort of a sense. And then I, on that, I had people call my cell phone and say, I am you in their language. Because if you go down, let's say you, you go to Washington, D.C. area and go to a public school, there can be sometimes as many as 20, 24 languages that are spoken. And I wanted to sort of open up, again, open up that idea that all of these languages are also part of the melting pot of America. One of the decisions that was made in this election in, I think maybe it was Colorado, excuse me if I've got this wrong, but I think there are one or maybe even two states where the right to end your life was approved by the populace. The, take your own life, essentially, or mm-hmm. end your own life. Do you deal with that kind of issue when you're at work? Not as often, though suicide, I did work with an SOS group, Survivors of Suicide, which was with families, uh, family members or loved ones who lost a loved one to suicide. And I have worked with clients who have lost loved ones to suicide. And it's one of the most difficult things to reconcile because that choice is often made from a place of trauma or a place of helplessness. It is a decision that's made that is, you can't take back if it's successful in that moment. And understanding what that person felt and why they did what they did is the challenge that comes into the therapy room or the group room, trying to understand that without saying it was the right decision, but having the humility to understand that we don't know what pain, what psychic pain feels like to another person. I asked you about that knowing that you've written this really powerful, moving. It's partly frightening, but it's also empowering song called 
over the bridge. You want to tell the background to that story? I don't often talk about the background because it was such a tough thing. It was an article that I happened to be reading one morning about two sisters who made the mistake when a car ran out of gas to go with two men who said they'd given them a ride home and were both raped and then thrown off this trestle and the one sister died and the other sister lay there with, you know, was damaged physically very badly and discovered by some hikers. She healed. They got the men. The men were convicted, were in jail. She'd lived her life. She'd had a child of her own. And when she was, for some reason, the men were coming up for parole and she went up with, I think, with her boyfriend and her child. And as they were walking she was at the place where this had happened. They walked back to the car and she threw herself over and off of the bridge and, and killed herself. And I found the story so devastating and was trying to see her perspective of why she did what she did in that second, in that moment, or how it had haunted her. And so I wrote the song. I wrote most of the song, but it wouldn't finish itself. It just wouldn't. And because of the chorus, you know, she was always alone until the angels caught her. And I just couldn't finish the song. And finally, one day when I was working on it, I realized it was because of my own doubt, my own sense that I don't really know what happened. And when I was able to say, I want to believe, I try to believe, I envy the people who do, I'd like to believe, some peace was achieved, some horrible wrong righted to. And the minute those words came out, that honesty with myself, you know, we were talking earlier about this cognitive dissonance. The minute I allowed my honest words to come forward, the song finished itself. And I felt like I opened the door for more people to hear this story. With that introduction, perhaps your heart is prepared to sit in a deep way with the song Over the Bridge by Anne Hills.
number of beautiful songs on Anne Hill's album, Angle of the Light, and that's one of them. It's called Over the Bridge. It kind of stands on its own. It's, in, But I admire, actually, Anne, that you wrestled with that one. Clearly a powerful story, something that I think people would be better if they wrestled with the issue. And, and I also don't know the answer to... <laughs> yeah, is it right, to what is happened. Wrong? What happens and what's the right choice? All I know is that I think that we're put here to struggle with these things. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's another thing. I, I believe and I don't believe both ways. A number of years ago, I have a, one of my best friends growing up, junior high and high school. He committed suicide when his wife finally decided to divorce him after he cheated a number of times. And he committed suicide and I was saddened by that, of course, uh, saddened by the loss of my friend. I don't think I ever had the feeling that it was my right to tell him to stay alive if he felt like it was too much pain, but I also was aware that he wasn't aware that he would get past the immense pain that he was in at that moment. So do you have to force someone to live through it? I don't know. 
Yeah, that expression of the, it's a permanent answer to a temporary problem. I think it, there's a wonderful book called The Dark Night of the Soul. Well, no, what's it called? Uh, I don't have it with me because I'm not at my therapy office. Where that struggle goes on when you're a therapist and you cannot bring peace, you cannot help a client, and that has happened to me. I've really tried everything I could think of to help this person get out of psychic pain. And that included medications, and that included meditation, and it included, you know, different things that I tried every tool that I had, and I couldn't help them out of a terribly painful place. And as a therapist, what do you do when that happens, when you can't help the person, and grace doesn't happen, and then they commit suicide? You can't know. You can't, you, you've done everything you can do. Mm-hmm. Maybe you haven't done everything you can do, but you did everything you were able to do that you could think of at that time. And years later, you might come up with something else and say, why didn't I try that? But you, we can't know. We can't know. We can only do our very best in that moment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when that person that makes that decision, that's all they can see. I say it's like someone having blinders on. They don't see the loved ones next to them. They don't see their best friend next to them. They don't see the future in front of them. They just see the dark valley, and they can't see beyond that. Mm -hmm. And then they jump over the bridge and into the valley, I suppose. Mm -hmm. It's sad. It's something that we're probably better off if we wrestle with, because sometimes that's us poised above the bridge. Mm Yes. Mm-hmm. I want to come back in to the fact that after the election, with the perspective where you sit, the people you work with, it's a pretty distressing time. And it would be easy to sink into misery, you know, engage in addictions, hurt ourselves, mm-hmm. be angry at others, do violence. Avoid. Avoidance is another addiction, you know, however you're avoiding really sort of dealing with that, what we talked about earlier, the wrestling with What's the right step? How do I move into the light? Mm -hmm. So it's challenging. I also feel after the election, I'm I'm very worried for the people who went and for the women and and certainly the people who voted for President-elect Trump because I'm very concerned for them that he won't provide the safety nets that they need. He won't be able to give them the things that they need and that they will lose their hope because there's no hope in hatred. There's only hope in love and support. So I worry for them. But I also do believe that we are moving toward goodness. We're a flawed species, but we're a brilliant species. We're always sort of both the best and the worst of the animal kingdom. And I do believe that something, love, goodness, moves us toward a better place. And we will go through dark times. But that is a necessary part of the process. And nature shows us this over and over again, that it it is abundant, it is rich, it has harvest, and then it must die off, rekindle the life force and the creativity and the energy before it moves. And it's a cycle. And, it, and we are in the part of the cycle that creates the necessity for deeper contemplation. And that came about because of you know, watching my father lose himself and move into the darkness, move into unknowing, not knowing who he was other than a helper. That was the last thing that I would say that up until the very end, he was always a helper. He was always 
can I help you? As he would see people walking when we'd take him in the wheelchair by Lake Michigan and walk him along the path. Someone would be coming towards him. Hello, can, can I help you? And I think that being in nature helped me see that, that this is, it's all a process and it's all a cycle and we're moving through it and we're moving to a deeper understanding of ourselves. So the chorus, of course, is to keep the vision intact. We need to remember where we're going. Keep your eyes on the prize, as we heard during the Civil Rights Movement. We have to just keep our eyes trained toward what we want and take a deep breath and brush ourselves off and take those hours of contemplation to figure out and then build community and keep moving. But you're talking about the chorus of one of your songs, not of Eyes on the Prize. Right. I'm talking about Nighttime Falls and the idea that that cycle of moving into darkness and back into the light is part of the process. And in the chorus itself, everyone fed, everyone free, everyone safe and loved as we're meant to be, is the affirmation. We have to say it as if it exists and we're moving toward it. Well, I do think that both in your work, social work, and when you get up on stage as Anne Hills, the folk music performer, you're moving us in that direction. I'm thankful that we had this conversation today to help you know, as an affirmation, as a sense of where we are, where we're going, what we can do. I think that's so important. Without vision, the people die, right? The people fade, that we, right. we, we sink. So the vision right now that you're going to share through nighttime fails is important, but all of your work really, Anne, is so beautiful. And I thank you for joining me today for Spirit in Action to share that vision. Thank you. Reach out to somebody else when they're sitting and need someone to lift them up, and then they'll do the same for you, community. And we end our visit with Ann Hills. Again, her website, annhills.com. There's an E on the end of Ann. If you have a doubt, come via nordenspiritradio.org. A great big thank you for production assistance to Andrew Jansen, who's taking care of this while I'm off traveling in Kenya. And remember to check for bonus excerpts from this interview additional words and music that are out on the NordenSpiritRadio.org site because we couldn't fit them into the broadcast. Again, we say farewell today with Ann Hills with her song, Nighttime Falls, and we'll see you next week for Spirit in Action. Nighttime falls on everyone Crows race toward the Black against the fading blue The sky grows dark The stars grow brighter The westerns go The moon glows whiter We hurry past the window's light As the shops fade too Nighttime falls on every Darkness brings a simple grace As heaven drops its curtain Quieting the noise of day On wilderness Our cities teeming On lighthouse With its lamp now beaming A 
And final trains call all aboard To be on the way Everyone fell Everyone free Everyone safe Everyone loved as we are meant to be Everything blessed A part of it all Everything sacred Wherever night time falls Night time falls on everything The blade of grass The sparrow's wing The mystery of sleep unravels And our dreams begin And through the dark wind Rain and thunder Travel on this world in wonder that carries us around the sun to come back again. Everyone fell, everyone free, everyone safe, everyone loved as we are meant to be. Everything blessed, a part of it all. Everything sacred, wherever nighttime falls. Everything sacred, wherever nighttime The theme music for this program is Turning of the World, performed by Sarah Thompson. This Spirit in Action program is an effort of Northern Spirit Radio. You can listen to our programs and find links and information about us and our guests on our website, northernspiritradio.org. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and I welcome your comments and stories of those leading lives of spiritual fruit. May you find deep roots to support you and grow steadily toward the light. This is Spirit in Action. With every voice.